happy Sunday. This is a Palatini with Dan and Meg. I know you're probably confused because this is Meg's voice and it's usually Dan's, but we actually have Dan on the line because he left me and he is calling in from Florida. Dan, do we have you there? I didn't, I didn't leave you. I just went on a little trip. You left me. You straight up left me. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you for taking care of my dog. I was going to say that's the only uh, little leeway I'll give you on that one is that you did let me cuddle with uh, Mac overnight. So I was excited about that. <laughs> he's a sweet boy. He's also a terrorist, but he's a sweet boy. He is. <laughs> so how's it going well, I over really there? I appreciate you doing that. It's good. It's, it's chilly. It's, uh, it's like 48 degrees. So it's, you know, I mean. Yeah, well, we're rocking um, uh, below zero temperatures, so you keep that 48 degrees and you, you yeah, enjoy I, it. I was actually I was checking the nest thermostat throughout the day. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> 75 degrees? What? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was so cold and it's so funny. I was sleeping and I was like, I have a chill. And I'm, you know me, I'm never cold. Um, but I had a, a chill when I was sleeping in your guest room. And then out of nowhere, it was like nice and warm. And I was like, oh, this is nice. Well, then your husband came home this morning. I saw him before I left. And uh, he was like, yeah, I checked the thermostat on my phone. He's like, and it was pretty cold. So I turned the heat on for you. And I was like, that is just so kind. Yeah. Okay. Well, I turned it down. So. <laughs> you would. Because <laughs> technology, you can do that. You guys aren't even in the same state. You guys are going back and forth yeah. with the thermostat for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like it's the eternal fight. And it's like, we don't own the gas company. Yep. Okay. That's not a thing. <laughs> I was joking because, uh, like, I got, like, a notice uh, from people's gas, and they said, you know, based on your current usage, we're going to, you know, charge you this. And I was like, and after this last week, they were like, nope, we're going to take that back now. <laughs> <laughs> we were going to give you a little discount, and now we're going to take that back. Yeah. Not not happening. Right. Not a thing. Well, for um, anybody... But happy Sunday. Oh, well, thank you. Happy Sunday to you. Uh, just yeah. real quick for anybody that is listening that wants to call in and discuss any of the topics that we're discussing, or if you want to bring up your own topic, you could call 773-763-9278, um, and we will be more than happy to talk to you. Right now, we actually have um, Jim from Chicago, who is one of our favorites. Um, he's on the line to, to chat with us. So let's let's talk to Jim really quick. Hi, you didn't have an orange juice for me down there in Florida. Yeah, right. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, have a, have a big glass of orange juice. I, I, yeah. I was going to say, uh, as this political season rolls on, all I can think of is the Grand Oak Party leader is going to have to pick, this is speculation on my part, you have to pick a vice president very soon because Nikki Haley's well-funded campaign, he's, he's probably throwing a couple of salvos at him. And right. he'll have to pick a vice president. And I'm thinking, is it Mike Lindell, the betting expert, <laughs> or is it Rudy Giuliani who needs a job over the minimum wage to pay up some that hundred? $50 million that he owes uh, down in Georgia. But uh, apparently he's going to pick a, uh, a woman. That's what he claims. Anybody, who knows what he's going to do. But right. it, 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 the farce continues. It's an absolute farce. And to have Democrats cowering over this individual is absurd to me because I think he's going to get absolutely blown away 
and that'll make my <laughs> season much more jolly. Anyway, you have a good you have a good time have a good time down in Florida. And thanks, Megan, for taking my call, dear. Oh, Thank absolutely. You. you have a good one, Jim. Thanks for calling in. Uh, Jim, I'll uh, I'll have some orange juice. I'm going to add a little bit of vodka to it after the show. So it'll be, you know, that's the Palatini. So. Based on Jim's recommendation, the Palatini for this week is orange juice, and you can add a little vodka or champagne to it. So I we already out. have our Palatini for it. It's all, it's all set. It's done, yeah. Because <laughs> no, normally I forget, but thankfully Jim, you know, he brought it right in front of mind. Um, but no, I, I think that I I agree. I hope to God that he gets blown away if he is the, in, in the general. I, I don't oh, yeah. know if he's going to be. I think that uh, New Hampshire... Uh, the primary, which is this coming Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I think that will show if Nikki Haley has a leg to stand on um, from a, uh electoral viability plus a financing viability or fundraising. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I, I think that they said uh, during the break, uh, Trump's pulling 13 points ahead, which is a lot better than I thought that Nikki Haley would be doing at this point in time. Right. Cause and right. from a general perspective, Trump has been in the lead by 50, 60 percent uh, this entire time. So I think uh, Nikki Haley and the fact that he's attacking her and he's even I forget the name that he's u- using, but it's equivalent to him um, race baiting uh, Barack Hussein Obama or Pocahontas when he talks about Elizabeth Warren. Right. And so he's going back to his normal his normal like race baiting tactics, which worked for him. Yeah. But I think he's scared. I think he's literally thinking that she, she might actually be a, a, a viable candidate against him. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Well, you know, as soon as he starts with the race baiting, um, he's definitely, he's, he is scared of her and it, it just panders to his following. That's the that's what they need to hear, and then more of them jump on the on the bandwagon. And you know, we were talking about the Iowa caucus, and it, again, I my big thing was like I wasn't shocked, but I was hoping I was going to be shocked, and that he wouldn't have been you know the first one with the like most amount of vo- votes there. But when it kind of like broke down, he only received fifty six thousand votes, which is like seven percent of registered Republicans in Iowa, and just three. Yeah percent of overall registers voters in the state. So I'm hoping right. that even though it seems like he has this momentum and that his following is like still there, I'm hoping that it just is going to either fizzle out or it's just perceived that way. But then when you're actually looking at the numbers, like, yeah, he took the number one spot like for Iowa, but it was a very, I mean, only 56,000 people went out and voted. <laughs> Like you said, like below ten percent. Yeah, that was it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah um, it was literally so yeah seven percent. Yeah, and it goes it goes to show like or like everybody said that when Donald Trump won the twenty sixteen election, it was a referendum on America. No, he won by seventy nine thousand votes in mm-hmm. a country of three hundred million people. Right, right. So it's like that's not a referendum. So Iowa is not you know, and it, it, it they. Also, Iowa is just gifted the caucus to be the first, uh, I guess, <laughs> indication of who's going to be president of the mm-hmm. United States. And it's like, it's not, there aren't that many people in Iowa, okay? And New Hampshire is not much better. So, like, I mean, uh, next is going to be Super Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're trying to figure out if Nikki Haley 
or Nancy Pelosi that Donald Trump, <laughs> you and I were talking about this before the, the show. Yeah. Uh, so for those playing the home game, Megan and I normally do our, our, our catch up and touch base while we're driving into the station. Yes. <laughs> Today was via phone call. <laughs> we're in different states. As soon as I called but you, I was you like, I feel like you're how- still in the car with me. <laughs> I, I was just sitting here looking at the pool, <laughs> want to go in the pool, but it's 40 degrees. That's not a thing. Um, but you were talking about how Donald Trump uh, can't decipher between Nikki Haley or Nancy Pelosi, right? Yeah. So on fr- it was Friday. So he was in front of a crowd and he was speaking. And that that's the thing when they talk about Biden and his cognitive decline. And they say, he, you know, he's senile and that he just he can't remember anything. And when he talks, he doesn't make sense. And it's like when I hear Biden speak, President Biden, when I hear him speak, I I get the point. He may stumble. I mean, we all know that I stumble on all of my words. I draw a blank. And he may, he may do that, but you still know what he's talking about. And there is a point to what he's talking about. And when Trump speaks, it is just like a word salad. And you're just sitting there like, I have no idea where he was going. And Friday he was speaking. I'm just going to read, you know, read this. It's short. Um, He was speaking to a crowd and he was talking about January 6th. And he said, you know, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley. So it wasn't like he just like fumbled the name one time. He kept saying her name. He said, you know, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, you know, did you know they destroyed all the information, all of the evidence, everything deleted and destroyed all of it, all of it because of lots of things like Nikki Haley is in charge of security. We offered her 10,000 people and he's going on and on. And it was like. You're talking about Nancy Pelosi, the former, you know, Speaker of the House. You're not talking about Nikki Haley, who wasn't even in Washington. She wasn't even in Washington. She, she was not there on January 6th. That was not, she was not there. And his big word salad is just like all these words just thrown together. And he, he says these things and then people still applaud him and, and just go with it. You know how many people now and like his base are probably like that Nikki Haley, I'm not going to vote for her. Like I'm definitely on, you know, Trump's side because of her involvement with January 6th. And then you think when he said we were sending, you know, police. So obviously he was talking about to Nancy Pelosi, but, you know, saying Nikki Haley. But he's saying that we we tried to send 10,000 police officers to help them. And he's going on and on. But aren't you the number one person who has denied this the entire time and said they didn't even need to have police there because these were fine, fine people and these were Trump supporters and there was no, um, you know, rioting or anything. There was no danger there. So it's like, which one? Pick one. There was. okay. so, okay, two things. One, there's a really good Biden-Harris campaign ad that I just saw. I think it was on Facebook or Twitter or something. Mm Mm-hmm. And it literally does exactly what you just said, where it's like Trump saying there was a lot of love that day. And then it goes and like cuts to like uh, Capitol Police officers being bludgeoned by the American flag. Yeah. And also then they should also watch the documentary that uh, Nancy Pelosi's daughter put out, which, again, it's her daughter that put it out. Mm -hmm. But it literally shows uh, Pelosi, Schumer, even uh, McConnell. They're like, send send the national guard in and after multiple requests, they didn't do it. And that mm-hmm. the secretary of defense, cause it's DC, which should be, should be recognized as a state cause it gets us two more senators on the democratic side. Right. Taxation without representation people. Um, and it like, they were like, send people 
and they didn't. It took so long to get the National Guard in. It took so long to get support. And then he was like, what what did he, he did that stupid Twitter video where it was like, we love you. Oh, yeah. Go home. Mm -hmm. And it was like, okay, a little too late. A little too late, friend. A little too late. Um, But that's, that's, it, it, I, yeah, so, but, but we went going back to, to your original point that that was Nancy Pelosi, not Nikki Haley. So, like, that was just like, you know, also Nancy Pelosi doesn't dictate the National Guard in the District of Columbia. So, right. like, that's also not a thing, right? And she and doesn't, yeah, but she was. President. Yeah, and, she, you know, she doesn't, but she was the one because our own president wouldn't do anything to help the situation that day. She was one of the ones that uh, was. He was doing, he was doing enough to. Uh, in theory, like to make it much worse. Right. But there she yeah. was trying to step in to rectify the situation and to save people. Um, save our democracy? Yeah. And you know, that, <laughs> that's something that uh, a lot of people have brought up now that, you know, it is election year and everything going on. A lot of people have brought up that it's like, this is, oh, I, I think we even talked about it last, you know, last weekend. And it's like, this is beating a dead horse and everybody keeps talking about January 6th. And it's like, this is still a big deal. This will always be a big deal. It's not beating a dead horse. This is something that needs to be in the headlines all the time because that was a direct attack on our democracy. And you still have... Trump, besides the fact, you know, with January 6th, you still have him to this day during his campaign efforts saying that he will be a dictator like on the first day and people are okay with it. And then he even brought up that now he wants to silence any uh, media outlets that don't, you know, align with him. And people, again, are okay with this and still want to vote for him. And it comes to they're supposed to be the party of, you know, patriot, you know, patriots, right? And they're they're the number ones. They're they're Americans. And it's like, how is that patriotic? How? That you're standing by and voting for somebody who is going to well, take away our democracy. How how? Answer Dan, answer that question for me. <laughs> I I I can't. Um right. I so what 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 is really uh so because you said we, we cannot forget January 6th, right? Mm-hmm. Like that is, and I remember, I think I said this, I was like, I was washing my floors, you know, on January 6th. And um, uh, what's her name from uh, Missouri? Uh, McCaskill, right? Oh, I love Senator her. who got, oh yeah, Josh Hawley oh, sadly beat her in the election, but. Yeah, and then also I'm just Josh picturing Hawley him running. running <laughs> Josh Hawley seems running from the rioters who were peaceful protesters in the Capitol. So, okay, yeah, let's talk like, about nope, that. I'm out of here. Of rioters or peaceful <laughs> protesters, right? But McCaskill uh, basically said, like, and it's not recently, I forget her first name, but McCaskill, Senator McCaskill, she should still be a senator. Mm-hmm. Um, was like, this January 6th usually is the most boring day in Washington. It's like everybody just goes to the Capitol. We vote, we certify the election, and everybody goes home. Like, nobody, it's not even a thing, right? Right. Claire McCaskill, thanks, Aunt Mitzi, for tuning in. And um, (laughs) hi, hi, from Florida to Arizona. Um, Look at you all in your warm uh, places. Claire McCaskill, 
I'm all the things, right? Interesting. I got my laptop, my iPad, my phone. I googled um, it for you because I couldn't. I drew a blank too, but I googled it, and I was going to wait until you were done. But yeah, Mitzi yeah. with the same. But, she, but but she said that January sixth is normally the most boring day in DC until mm-hmm. that day when I was washing my floors and I look at the TV and I see people climbing up in windows in the Capitol. I was like, well, that doesn't seem right. right. What's going on? <laughs> and then they pan to in the actual chamber where the Capitol Police had to barricade the door, and they're standing there, guns drawn, because people are trying to break into the door. Mm-hmm. Like we, we, we can't forget about that. That mm-hmm. is not a normal thing. People were defecating on the floor of the people's house. Right. And, and Nancy Pelosi, who everybody thinks that she's an alcoholic and that she's just a, a terrible person. One, she doesn't drink. Mm-hmm. Two, she doesn't swear. And so you see this documentary where she's like, we need to stop this. We need to make sure people are safe. And people are literally poo-pooing on the floor. I think Nancy, the Speaker of the House has said poo-pooing on the floor because she doesn't swear. She doesn't and she drink. probably never in a million years thought she would ever have to use those words when talking about well, it was, politics. Like, it was poo-pooing literally and figuratively. Like, people were literally, yeah. you know what, on on our democracy and our republic, right? Right. We cannot forget about that. Like no. that that needs to be something that we are like that almost happened and mm-hmm. almost succeeded. Right. right? That's, like that's that, a scary that would thing. have been a thing. Because if that actually happened, uh uh Donald this is the plan. And we're gonna talk about some other behind the scenes stuff that you brought up uh, during our call this morning. Mm-hmm. Um if that succeeded and it was determined that that the election could not verifiably be certified, mm-hmm. then martial law would have kicked in. And I'll tell you what, the army would have been brought in really, really quickly because Donald Trump would have done that. Mm-hmm. And then it would have gotten kicked to the House of Representatives where each state would get one vote and there, because of, of gerrymandering, Republicans control, control most of the states, mm-hmm. and so then it would get kicked to the, and then and then Donald Trump would be reelected, even though Joe Biden got what seven or eight million more votes than yeah Donald millions Trump millions more. So that it almost happened. It and we need to to your point, we need to keep that in mind. Right. And it yeah. it's so, yeah it's sad that that that's it seems to be the topic that people just don't want to talk about anymore. And it's more so when there's a topic that I don't want to talk about, it's either that I don't know information and I don't want to know the information about that subject or you're trying to deny something. So that's what it it comes down to it. They don't want this topic discussed because they don't want people to know all the facts about it and they know that it was wrong. Right. And I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm watching the comments here and I think I'm going to, I, I think I'm going to disagree with my husband on this because he says 33 states are controlled by Republicans. But I think Tom Hartman says it's, it's over 50 that have a Republican majority in their state houses. Um, Ooh, who's going to Google the fact, facts? Fact check, <laughs> Jim fact check me on that. Um, so, Okay, so let's talk about, um, well, we already touched about how Donald Trump doesn't know Nikki Haley from Nancy Pelosi. Um, 
he also thinks that Barack Obama is currently the president, right? <laughs> we're not like literally watch his speeches, people. Okay. That's what um, I'm talking about. Every time is, I watch his uh, speeches and I'm sitting there, I'm like, none of this makes sense. Again, you hear yeah. Biden speak and it's like, OK, he might have fumbled a few words. He, he messed up. But you, you get the point. You know where you, you yeah. know where it was going. When Trump is, I, yeah. I just feel I'm like, I don't. That was not there was not one coherent sentence. I have no idea what he was talking about. And you walk away even more dumbfounded than before he even started speaking. So. So that's the thing. It's like people are thinking that like Joe Biden is, is declining. Um, sure, he's an old guy, and you know, and he also is, is totally vocal about the fact that he has a stammer. So like he might slip up in the speech or whatever. Mm-hmm. But we've talked. You and I have talked about this before. I as, with Joe Biden as president, I'm never going to wake up in the morning thinking that we started a nuclear war with North Korea over a tweet. Right. Exactly. Right. It's like you, you you wake up and you're not. And I mean, I'm still in fear of like certain things like um, that could sure. be happening. But like, I, I don't wake up like on edge every day of like, oh, you know, what did this guy start today? <laughs> you know, is he, is he right. talking with Russia? Like what's going on? <laughs> does he does he slip up when he's doing it? Yeah, probably. OK. You know, when you're talking to a, a, a room full of people or you're addressing 300 million people, you know, like. Yeah, I, I, you got teleprompters on each side. Absolutely, and I love public speaking. You put me in a room, I will. I will. It's so much fun. Um, yeah, you are pretty Jim, good at it. Me, Jim not so I, much. <laughs> Jim and I. Uh, well, Jim, we didn't totally agree. Jim told me that we couldn't do our own uh, vows because he didn't want to talk in front of people, and I was like, I will talk in front of everybody. <laughs> But, like, when you're addressing the nation, sure, you're probably going to slip up a little bit. And that's perfectly mm-hmm. fine. But also, like, if you look around the room and I see everybody that Joe Biden surrounds himself with, I'm like, you know what? We're in pretty good shape, okay? Yeah. Uh, we got uh, the uh, defense secretary who, you know, kind of went AWOL a little bit and went to uh, Walter Reed for a thing and didn't tell anybody that's an issue. But... There is a chain of command, so everybody is thinking that he just like abandoned the country. But things were things kept moving, right? Yeah. Well, you know, um, yeah. If one person um, makes a mistake, or one person breaks the law, or one person like that has like a mental breakdown, just anything, you know that there is an entire team surrounding them. That it's not going to be like then a domino effect. Where when it came to, um, you know. Trump, the people that surrounded him, it was every single person back and forth were just um, a, a hot mess. I almost, I, almost, I almost said something different, but it was an, an entire domino effect when it came to every single one of them breaking the law and making poor decisions. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that completely. And also, uh, uh, Joe Biden has not appointed a national security uh was it uh, General Flynn? What was his national security advisor or something, right? Uh, so, so Joe Biden has never appointed somebody to national security who was then indicted and then had to be pardoned. So there's that. There's that. Exactly. You know, General Flynn was working for Russia and never registered as an agent of a foreign country. As our actual so, like national security you know advisor and army lieutenant like, yeah. general. <laughs> so, like, yeah. So I think. Mm-hmm. So if we're questioning people's judgment of hiring people, um, yeah. Um, 
You also wanted to touch on, okay, so we talked about well, Donald Trump. I was thinking that we will so definitely uh, touch on Roger Stone since we were kind of going in that direction yeah, right after we it. take a, yeah. a little commercial break right here. And then when we come back, we could talk about Roger Stone. And then also if anybody wants to call in with any uh, topics or wants to just join the conversation with Dan and I, the number is 773-763-9278. And we'll take a commercial right now. Welcome back, and this is Apolitini with Dan and Meg. This is Meg, and we have Dan on the line. He's uh, calling in from Florida because he left me. I'm just going to keep throwing that out there that he left me. But then again, you're in Florida, so, I mean, you could be in Florida. I don't go to Florida. Okay, when, we're at 35, when we're at 35 degrees below zero with the wind chill, I decided to just get the hell out of Dodge. <laughs> you're like, and I'm out. But like I said, you're in Florida, so you, you could also, you have Florida. it's 40 degrees here, so it really, it's not that warm here. <laughs> Um, really quick, we actually have a, a caller on the line if we wanted to take okay. a little call. Um, who do we have on the line here? Hi, I'm Roosevelt. Roosevelt. Oh, my God, we haven't talked to you in hey, a while. Roosevelt? Yeah, come on. How are you? <laughs> All right, there. How are y'all guys doing? Pretty good, hanging in there. Yeah. Yeah, I was interested in um, clearing up something. Mm-hmm. Uh on the day of January 6th, uh, someone made a call to, uh, to a branch of the military. I forgot whether it was the Army or what. And a general by the name of Flynn expressed concern that the optics of sending the military in to stop the insurrection would not be good uh, internationally. And is it possible that this particular general was influenced as part of the plot. So in my, my opinion, and um, with some of the facts that have come out, that General Flynn was one of Trump's, you know, main guys. And definitely, again, in my opinion, but when it, more testimony was coming out, that I think that that played a huge role because he was in he was in on it. And when asked all of this, he pled the fifth. So he would not give any information as to like what he knew. Every single time it was he pled the fifth. He was not giving up any information. And I think when it comes to a general, um, when it comes to January 6th, when our democracy was almost taken and you are being asked these questions under oath and you're pleading the fifth, I think that makes you look even more more guilty. And again, that's my opinion. Yeah. So I I just I just looked this up and it said that the. so the National Guard can be deployed in instances like this, um, but this is and, uh, twice this came up, I think, during the Trump presidency, where he wanted to deploy the military. Mm-hmm. And that's actually, it, it, it's allowed, but there are significant limitations from the Department of Defense where you can just, like, send the military out. Um, and I think that also General Flynn was the one of the first national security advisors to be not a private citizen. So he was actually from the military. And I think it was always, you wanted a civilian head 
of of the Department of Defense. I think I think National Security Advisor. That that could be wrong. Um, but uh, it, it, there was. But this is just to your point. We felt like the entire Trump presidency was just out of the norm mm-hmm. of the way that this country has been operating. Right. Um, well, thank you so much for calling in, Roosevelt. Thank you, guys. Oh, absolutely. Um, we actually I'm have. Sure yeah, we actually have our other. I, I confused him uh, when he said Roosevelt. We actually have our other Roosevelt, our regular Roosevelt, that is on the line right now. Hey, Roosevelt, how's it going? Good morning. How are you guys doing today? Good morning. We've missed you. As soon as I, I heard the voice on the line of the the last Roosevelt, I was like, "Wait, this is not our regular." <laughs> <laughs> I got a better one for you. True story. So we go to dinner to celebrate my son's birthday yesterday, right? Happy birthday to your son. And I call up, I called up uh, Red Lobster on 52nd and Pulaski. Mm-hmm. The guy that answers, guess what? His name is Roosevelt. Oh, really? So, <laughs> oh, look at that. So I don't know. These are weird coincidences. So I asked him, have you ever met anybody with your name? Mm-hmm. And he said, only one. I go, same here. So I'm 67 years old. I'm 67 years old, and only one time I met anybody with the name of Roosevelt. Oh my god! And now you guys got another Roosevelt right. on the air. So, <laughs> well, you're the, the original weird. Roosevelt. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I called up about what you guys were talking about January 6th. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 one thing that hardly anybody talks about is the reaction of his family. Sean Hannity, their, their heads were exploding and saying, hey, you guys got to do something. You got to stop them. You got to tell them to stop this. Mm-hmm. So when they say it's Antifa and it's all these uh, Black Lives Matter and all this and that, just pay attention to the tweets and the phone calls and all the talks that were between Fox News host Tucker Carlson, mm-hmm. uh, Sean Hannity, a junior. Uh, all the immediate people there, uh, uh, the, the closest circle around him and how they acted and how they were panicking. And I believe it was Sean Hannity that said he's destroying his legacy. All he accomplished in four years as president, he's throwing that out the window or something to that effect. I'm paraphrasing. Yep. So so that's, that's one thing that uh, it confirms. They also saw it the way we saw it. However, within a week or two, Fox News made a complete complete flip. Right. So that's what I wanted to say. Well, you know, basically, not you know anybody knows about that. Mm-hmm. Or not that well, I mean, they, Rupert, they do know Rupert about Murdoch, it. It has been forgotten. Yeah. Rupert Murdoch basically told, or they had a conversation of like, tell them, tell him that he lost. Like, it's mm-hmm. done. And when Rupert Murdoch, the head of Fox News, is like, it's done. And then I think what was happening was Kennedy and Tucker and all those people were like, oh, we got to dial this back. Because you know what happened with that? $800 million lawsuit settlement. And right. they were like, oh. And then who lost their job? Tucker Carlson. Like, yeah. that's, yeah, they were like, oh, this is going to cost us money. And it's dollars and cents at this point, right? And it's like, he's done. Mm-hmm. But now he's not done because now if you listen to Laura Ingram, uh, they they're still like he's going to be the next president. And it's like, so you haven't learned your lesson yet. What's going on? And if you look back to that day, they there's text messages. So there's proof. These are facts. 
They were texting the president. They were texting uh, Don Jr. saying to talk to his dad. Ivanka? Yeah, they were saying these things of this needs to stop. Like, this is bad. Like, this should not be happening. Um, So it's like, don't listen to what they have to say now when they're downplaying it or trying to sweep it under the rug. Go back to that day, what was going on, and those are the facts of what happened that day. And they all know that this was, again, we are very close to uh, losing our democracy that day. And they can't deny that. Yeah. yeah and, and, you know, if they do, if this happens again, they, they're going to succeed, in my opinion. They're going to succeed because they already tried it. Mm-hmm. It's like try and try again. It's like a pitcher, you know, throwing his warm-up pitches before a game. Yeah. So, to me, they're going to succeed. And thank God that we have General Milley. That's another thing that we, we have to – because it, it wasn't for him – we would be talking about President Trump again, in my opinion, because well, if you have a general, if you have a general to support. And, and here's another thing, too, guys. As a Mexican-American, I lived through Cuba and all that stuff. This is exactly what happens in so-called third-world countries. And now we're part of this. We're like Central America. We're like South America. And this country is hypocritical because they have— Always bad about those countries and how bad treatment of uh, of people and human rights and all this. But we're doing it. And Trump is doing it left and right. What's the difference? The guy is white. In my opinion, that's mm-hmm. the way I, I look at it from that standpoint. Oh, what's I, the yeah. difference? He could do he could do no wrong. He could do whatever he wants. Yeah, and and. and 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 then and then we criticize other countries because of their dictatorships. But we had somebody like Reagan that supported. And that all that all links to to what's happening in Venezuela and what's happening in El Salvador. What's happening in those Central Americas, Central American countries, because of Reagan. Mm-hmm. Well, Reagan, Reagan won the presidency because of Iran Contra. That's like like you just said. Exactly. Carter would have been president if it wasn't for Reagan meddling as a private citizen in international affairs, which is illegal. Uh, also, I want you, you made a good point about General Milley. Um, Donald Trump called for him to be executed because of, quote-unquote, treason. Yeah, right. Like, so you're calling for a top general to be executed? Like, what is what? Yep. What is that? Right. Well, you know what? When he said that, you know what that reminded me? Okay. Che Guevara. You know, and and those those guys that were the the helpers to I mean the the people that helped uh, uh, Castro. So you know, and then and then here's another one too. And I, there's a there's a uh, a program in Span. There's two programs I listen to in Spanish that I have called in. You have two guys that are Cuban. They come on on Sunday. I don't want to say the station, but they go on and on and on and on, and they talk. Like if it was Castro, I mean, I mean, when it comes down to Trump, mm-hmm. because he could do no wrong. They don't talk anything negative about him. Nothing. Zero. They don't oh, talk really? about January 6th. They don't talk about oh, the insurrection. I, I probably listened to him. Okay. 1590, but it's in Spanish. 1590, WCGO. Oh, okay. And they threw me out. They banned me from the show because I would tell them, I go, you guys are acting just like Castro, and you're Cuban, and you were born in Cuba. You're ridiculous. You're being ridiculous. And I tell him just like that. I don't I don't hold back. I'm sorry, guys. No, but it's, I, it's, you know, it's, it's good because you need I'm, more. I'm, Go ahead, Dan. 
No, go on, Megan. Oh, I was going to say, I'm banned from the Sean Thompson show on, I think it's 560, because he calls me a socialist. And so whenever I call him, he's like, dump that socialist. I'm like, okay, I just wanted to have a conversation. <laughs> one of the guys, it got so bad that I, I poked him in the rib so bad with, with facts and with reality. And he called me an MFR, and that was the last I heard of them. And they threw me off the show. He goes, "I'm not letting any more communists." And just like that, typical communist, socialist. Uh, that's what he called. People me. don't yeah. understand like this whole. The, the, it, it's, okay, so socialism, by certain definitions, doesn't always work. However, when you have democratic socialism, like places like Denmark. Where, like, people get access to health care and, oh, my God, like, you don't have to be bankrupted when you get sick. Uh, like, social uh, safety nets, like, that that works. And it's like, oh, but then they pay more in taxes. Like, actually, mm-hmm. if you do the math, you pay the taxes. And then you, in America, the only com- the only country where you can literally go bankrupt from getting sick. It's like if you if you factor in your taxes, which we, we have a broken tax system anyway, but your insurance premiums and all the other things that you pay on top of it, you're actually paying a lot more money right. to get the basic necessities that other countries are just getting. Right? That's 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 I went off. I'll get off my soapbox. Well, I feel like you guys both hit the nail on the head when you guys both said that you have been banned from other radio stations and calling in. And it's because the two of you present facts and you challenge people. And I think we need more people that will challenge the, you know, the misinformation. Um, And you guys, you two do that. So, you know, you're making it in life when you're getting banned from calling in to, you know, um, debate somebody with with facts. I know that. You that's know, a badge of honor for me. Yeah, really. exactly. Like, oh, okay, cool. All right, you're scared to talk to me. That's cool. All right. right. <laughs> you know, thank you uh, so much, Roosevelt, for calling in. Uh, we appreciate you, having well. a conversation with you. Um, and we actually have yeah. some more calls um, in line. So thank you so much. Thank you. Good night. Have a good day, me. You too. Um, uh, let's, before, uh, we, before we take this call, yeah. I just want to say that you are doing a phenomenal job. I know that you were nervous about being there oh, alone. You're you. doing, you're, you're, you are rocking it. I was so nervous. I was like, uh, usually you're the one in like the driver's seat. And today, obviously I'm going to be in the driver's seat and it's like driving the struggle bus. <laughs> you're doing it. You're doing, you're doing all the things. Well, thank you very so, much. <laughs> well, let's uh, take Dave right, from Hoffman Estates. Here we go. Hey Dave, how's it going? Hey, Meg. Hey, Dan. Yeah, along the lines with the, the other caller had about the uh, Flynn, uh, Charles Flynn. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he lied that time saying he wasn't in on that call, you know, about yeah. when, they have the other, when they asked, you know, we need boots on the ground type of thing and that. And he finally had to admit that, yes, he was, Charles Flynn had been in on that call. Yes, This is the... He's a good little... Being a good little trooper for Trump, he took mm-hmm. care of him real well. He gave him, he got his fourth star to be a general, total general, and uh, and then gave him uh, command of Westpac, which is the areas out there, uh, Western Pacific, right. which enhances, you know, China <laughs> and all of these countries. That also a, a tinderbox waiting to happen. But I just thought I'd add on on that part. And um, the... Um, to talk about with Trump 
you know, not picking a vice president yet. Well, if the man's going to be a dictator, I don't know about you, but as history has shown me that there has never been any dictator that's had a vice dictator. Have you seen or heard? That's true. Very true, yeah. Um, no, I was talking about this with Dan, and I said, you know, call me a little crazy, but I think when somebody is running to be president, um, I think it should be kind of announced in the beginning of, I mean, your team. You shouldn't be just, you know, running like one person, then eventually come out who the who the vice president's going to be. It should be, in my opinion, from the very beginning, it should be who is going to be president and vice president, like a ticket. And you should have to decide on that because there could be somebody, you know, that's either either the president or the vice president that you completely support one of them. And then the second one, you're like, hey, I have questions about this. So I think, again, that's just my opinion that from the very beginning, I think it should be announced um, who's who's your running mate. Right. And I, Dave, I would I would say like they, um, uh, I, I have full confidence in Joe Biden, love him or hate him. I have full confidence in Kamala Harris, love her or hate her. Um, let's talk about how Sarah Palin was on the ticket at some point in our existence. (laughs) Right. And I did not have full confidence in Sarah Palin that, I mean, you know, like that, but there, and also when Hillary was running, I had full confidence in Hillary again, lover or hater. She was, she had a political history that I don't think she had a chance. Mm-hmm. But she picked Tim Kaine, and I was like, sure, he could fill in, but also a very boring person. Mm-hmm. But could do it. But it's they, people have picked really, I think, inadequate individuals to be on the ticket. Um, I, I think Joe Biden made the right choice. Um, and I am just terrified of who Donald Trump is going to, to pick. Could be Devin Nunes for all we know. Who knows? I mean, yeah. Well, maybe another reason he's not announced, it would drag down, you know, these, these uh, so-called bloated numbers that he claims that he has on, uh, yeah. you know, the, the, and, uh, and like, I think you guys were talking earlier, like you know, with uh, Iowa, where he claimed he had uh, 26, basically 26,000 uh, Republicans had voted for him in the, when they all was tabulated. Iowa? We, yeah. Uh, yeah. Registered Republicans, and um, in some sense, that's kind of like bragging and saying that you're the valedictorian of summer school, isn't it? Yeah, right. And he always talks about <laughs> like I, I had the largest crowd, and look at this crowd. And he just talks about how all these people come out and support him, and then they pan the camera over to the crowd, and it's like a very you know small number, or people are getting up and like walking out, and. I mean, it's, that's a good thing. I, I, I enjoy that, that that's happening. But again, it's still scary that he has a following, a large enough following yeah. that he could potentially be our next president. And even when but vice know, president. That, oh, God. No, that, that's an interesting point, though. And uh, David, like it's everybody was always like talking about how like Donald Trump was all these big rallies and everything. Mm-hmm. And it worked because Hillary she didn't have a ton of people at her rallies right? and Donald Trump was able to do that. And also she didn't focus on key states like, Oh, I don't know, Michigan and Wisconsin, mm-hmm. but like it, 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 but what's, what I'm noticing now, Megan, to your point is his, his participation is dwindling. Like they're he's not drawing a bunch of crowds. Like it's not, a, it's really not. Right. 
And I hope it just oh. keeps dwindling even more and more. Um, but thanks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, didn't he also uh, post video from uh, President Obama's inauguration? That's trying to show uh, all these people. Uh-huh. Trying to show the crowds, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Then we got to talk that. about who was, the pre- who was the press secretary? I forget his name. Uh, was that Spencer? Oh, oh man. Spicer, Spencer. Spencer, yeah. He's like, Spicer. this was the biggest. This was, and, and they literally watched the SNL footage of um, uh, Megan McCarthy. Or Melissa, <laughs> Melissa McCarthy. I'm getting Melissa, that Melissa McCarthy, but oh, we always I say I'm her. Melissa McCarthy. I was like, Megan <laughs> Mullally, <laughs> Melissa McCarthy. Watch when she's doing the when she literally just like picks up the podium and just attacks <laughs> the reporters. That's, I, that's, that's just good TV oh, right there. God. What is his name? Is it like Sean Spicer? Are you guys talking about Sean Spicer? Yes, John Spicer. I got John Spencer. Yes, yeah, it's yeah. like this is the biggest the inauguration crowd, crowd ever. Yeah. <laughs> and then hey, you guys, see I'll, the photo and it's like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, guys, I'll close on a serious note about January 6th mm-hmm. that I brought up with Tom Hartman. When uh, somebody, the Capitol Police or the other Secret Service, had to have seen. These people building that gallows, you know, oh, how the right. lumber up and take the kind of, and what what became of that? Nobody's ever reported that. You, you, know, you know, and it was it wasn't just like a mock one. I mean, that was it, no, was, it was a, a fully functional working one, and it's just like how yeah. how was that built out there and not immediately yeah. <laughs> taken down or I even mean, thought they, about. Uh, the Secret Service dudes and I seen these guys up in the trees and stuff, and I was done. They couldn't have seen the guys dragging lumber up by the side doors. Nobody thought to check the people that were just carrying all the lumber over there building that. Like, that would have been my first thing. <laughs> like, like, let's shut this down real quick. They already had, they already had the other stands, you know, built already for the, mm-hmm. for the inauguration. Anyway, anyway, just a thought, though. Somebody else wants to get through. Let me pray off. All right. You have a good one. Happy Sunday. You too. Be well, guys. Bye. I love our callers. Oh, me too. Um, But just... Bob, your your, your best friend, Bob Smith, is... I haven't really keep up with the comments, but he's listening and... Hi, Bob Smith. I just love that. He's uh, he's my favorite troll. He always puts the little troll emoji yeah. and everything. Um, and I enjoyed that he actually called in the, the one day. Yeah. Um, oh, God. We love when people call in. But just really quick, being, you know, before we head out of here, that somebody who was in Trump's very close circle um, was Roger Stone. And that is something that has come out now that I've been waiting for it to be, I guess, in the headlines more. But I, I think they're, like, waiting for... Um, more to come out and they're it's very fresh and that they're, they're investigating it but roger I he just got coffee did you say he just got coffee yeah he didn't do anything i thought that's what i thought this was his job was it he just got coffee oh, he Trump just never got met coffee. him he just he just brought coffee and oh, cause, you know every time it brings up somebody that like did something that he was very very close with then it turns out like, i like, never met him never met him like oh you're only in pictures yeah. videos talking he like, also has a, he also Real quick, he has a Richard Nixon uh, tattoo on his back. Oh, so this guy, and then, Roger Stone is just... Because so yeah, so, this is actually really creepy, so go. go. Yeah, he's a very uh, special individual, but um, yeah. it was leaked. There's a, It's a voice recording, so you, you could look it up and, and listen to it. And he was talking about assassinating two Democrats, um, and he 
says in there, it says, let's go find uh, Swalwell. Um, it's time to do it. Then we'll see how brave the rest of them are. It's time to do it. It's either Nadler or Swalwell has to die before the election. They need to get the message. Let's go find Swalwell. Literally and said, get this one over of them with. has to die. Yeah. And it's before it, the election. Yeah. And, and again, like this is a voice recording. It's him. He was talking to a New York City like police officer that he was close with. And um, allegedly this was all happening. So uh, they're investigating it. But now there was uh, a man that was arrested because even if say this comes out and it, it was inaccurate, it's still that these things are they pander to people and say these things to have people hurt. You know, you look at Nancy Pelosi's right. husband, and then you look at this. Yeah. Now there are people, there was a, a male that was just arrested because he called and is making death threats on uh, Swalwell's life and, along with his kids. So now this is, this is another the thing. The said, I'm going to kill your children. Yeah. Like, like that, allegedly, mama. Mm-hmm. But... Um, and also, allegedly, the man that attacked Nancy Pelosi's husband was his gay boyfriend. But allegedly, you know, yeah, right. It's, it's how we spin the stories. But it's it's this the way people say things put other people's lives in danger. Exactly, and, and that shouldn't be our political climate. That's yep. where I get scared. In 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 an election year, mm-hmm. um, there is going to, especially when you have the the tangerine orange toddler running for president mm-hmm. people are going to be ignited and infuriated and it why can't we just be good people like why yeah. what and then i know we have a minute but like it, 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 but it's true but like so the way that people talk impacts other people's lives mm-hmm. to an extent where somebody literally has a voice where it's like i'm gonna kill your family i'm gonna kill your kids and then other people that say that, that it's just like freedom of speech. And it's like, no, not when you're when you're coming with, uh, you know, your acts of violence and you're you're, you're, you're making you're, threats towards people's lives like that's no longer freedom of speech. You don't get to do that. Part. Your freedom end when it impacts me personally. Yep. That's where you like you can walk through a room swinging your arms like just doing like being a fool. But when you hit my face. Your freedoms end at that point. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. It's why you can't. It's why you can't yell fire or bomb in a movie theater. That's why you can't do that. So you don't want to go to the movies like uh, the next couple of days and just just yell well, that no, and see I, what happens no. because it I'll, seems to be other people to get away with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, or, or also in America, you can't go to a movie without fear of being shot or whatever. But uh, I'm back Tuesday. We can go. Dan, say hi to our our new friend Gina Benelli on here. Uh, She said, Tangerine Toddler is my new favorite tagline. (laughs) That's my new friend Gina. I'll introduce you. (laughs) Okay. That's good. All right. Well, hey, I think we had a great show. We already have the Palatini, thanks to Jim from Chicago. Yeah, I was going to say. Pour some orange juice in the glass, add some uh, champagne or uh, some vodka, and you're, you're good to go. Yes. Happy Sunday, everybody. And Dan, hurry home to me. I miss you. I love you. I miss you. Love you. Bye, everybody. All right. See you all.